This is the stinking truth. Dallas bounces back, I think, the way a lot of people thought they would. Yeah. But it was the way that they beat New England and the way that New England lost. This was the worst defeat in Bill Belichick's time as a head coach, losing by 35 points. Mac Jones gets benched during the third quarter. Where are you at with the Patriots right now? Where are you at with Belichick? Where are you at with Mac Jones? Are we now at the point where it's looking like Mac is not going to be the guy in New England? And maybe Bill's not going to be the guy in New England very much longer. Yeah, I mean, I would... It'd be hard for me to say, hey, Bill Belichick hasn't earned the right to at least have one more season. But um, Mac Jones was like that was one of those things that you look at. You know, there was a fumble created off a sack where uh, Leighton Vander Esch gets a scoop and score. And then there was another there was another pick six that was um, inexplicable. Like so, you had that exactly what we talked about—that shell-looking defense. So you've got you know corners rolled up, you've got safeties over the top, um, and the pre-snap look was the pre-snap look. I mean, a lot of times you look for pre-snap versus post-snap, right? Who, what do you have? Weak rotation, you have strong rotation from your safety position, right? So it tells you something about what's going on the outside, depending upon what's happening on the middle. There was no the post-snap or the pre-snap and the post-snap didn't change. So you know you've got got you know you know what coverage you have out there and he gets a little bit of pressure and he just floats one out to the edge of the corner that's rolled up and the corner goes thank you idiot I'll take that home for six and so like stuff like that like I don't know what's going on there um and I don't know I mean obviously last year either just crushed his confidence or crushed him but yeah, that was that was really bad and being benched, I mean, rightfully so, you get benched in the you know, during a game where you're not playing very well. I, at what point does that affect him as well as a quarterback? Like you've already had the tête-à-tête with your head coach. Like one head coach already kind of screwed you by um by giving the offensive coordinator a year ago to both a special teams coach and a defensive coordinator, former defensive coordinator, and then you change it up and you go get yourself an offensive coordinator. But there was issues in the offseason. Wasn't there rumors about trade rumors and everything mm-hmm. else? And there seemed to be some tension between he and Bill Belichick. And now all of a sudden you get benched. I mean, where is where is your confidence level? Where is, as an organization, where is your confidence level in Mac Jones? And where is Mac Jones's confidence level in Mac Jones? Uh, I would have to think it's it's limited. Bottom line, do you think he's the answer in New England? Or are no. they going to be looking for a new quarterback this year, at the uh, end of this year? Yeah, I think it's probably, I think at this point, a change of scenery would do him well. Um, I think it's time to push him right in the belly button. <laughs> <laughs> Send him on his way. Get squishy. Get, Get squishy. squishy gone. Squishy Mac. And as far as Bill's concerned, has well, the game passed him by? No. The, yeah, that, that's silly talk. The game passed him by. Um, All right, how about this for Because okay. we saw this happen in, in Denver with Mike Shanahan. Mm-hmm. And the feeling was at the end of Mike Shanahan's run here in Denver mm-hmm. that Mike Shanahan, the GM, had let down Mike Shanahan, the coach. Yes. As Bill Belichick, the GM, let down Bill Belichick, the coach. See, now I think, that, I think that's probably fair. I think that's one of those things that you would look at um, and say, yeah, that's, that's a fair statement. And I think I think sometimes as a coach, um, the problem 
with you as an evaluator when you're a coach is how much time do you really spend evaluating? You know, how much are you really digging into a guy's deep into his film catalog? How much are you spending time, you know, on campus talking to people and talking to the kid? Like, how you're not. And so you can get enamored with some plays and then you have enough ego about you to say, under my expert tutelage, I will, you know, I'll fix this guy. Alex Gibbs, my former offensive line coach here in Denver, used to say in regards to they had to make cut-up tapes for Mike Shanahan. And then Mike would watch the draft prospects, right? And, you know, he'd get enamored and he wanted, because he always wanted to see like, a good highlight tape of the guy where he's really making plays to see what, you know, his ceiling, his potential is, right? And Alex always used to say, I would sneak a couple of really shitty plays in there (laughs) on every highlight tape, and Mike would get mad at him. And he goes, I just want you to see the reality of, like, he's not perfect. Like, there are issues with this guy. And I just want to make sure you realize that you're not getting this, you know, this this perfect player, this finished product, you're not getting that. So I want to make sure you realize that this guy's got, you know, this guy's got a lot of issues with him as well. And I I just think it's hard to be a real true evaluator. I think you have to have a system of checks and balances. You have to have somebody that says, no, we're not doing that. Um, that's not that's not the way it works. So, yeah, I think I think, you know, I think your ego is big enough to think when I get the, my hands on this guy and I, I, I coach him up, every like every play will be a highlight play. And that, that's not how it works. Talk about highlight reel. Justin Fields was putting one together <sighs> yesterday. Started out, I think, like 16 for 16, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Set a Bears record to start hmm. a game for most consecutive completions. He was just bawling out. It was like... Are we watching Justin Fields or are we watching Patrick Mahomes? Right. That's how good he looked. He was just slicing and dicing and taking apart the Broncos. But then what happened? Yeah. What happened? He he turns the ball over, he fumbles the ball, then he throws a late game clinching interception. What what what's the takeaway with Justin Fields now after a game in which he plays really really well and yeah. gives a, a glimpse of what he can be, but yet after the loss now the Bears hold both the number one and number two picks in the draft, which ostensibly could mean Caleb Williams. Right. And so Caleb Williams would go in there and uh, automatically fix what ails the Browns. Take uh, take decades of poor culture. Bears. Or what did I say, Browns? Yeah. Man, I've, I've, I've had, well, I don't get much sleep on Sunday nights. But, um, yeah, decades of bad culture and fix it overnight. Like, I'm not one that buys into, right, this dude comes in and fixes us right away. First, let me just address Justin Fields. I think you put Justin Fields back in something that he can operate. I saw. I think you saw with enough quarterback run, quarterback boot, quarterback waggle, get him on the edge, create, you know, create linear progressions, get him running so there's, you know, a threat of him attacking the line of scrimmage, motioning or, or moving toward the line of scrimmage, and all of a sudden you stop your coverage if you're the Broncos and there's wide open crossers and everything else. I think that's what we saw. I think we saw a coaching staff that realized we're not going to make him a drop back guy. 
but he can be really effective and he was beyond good. He was he was exceptional. He was great. And that's got to give you, you know, that's got to give you some excitement. Yeah, I again, I am not I am not that draft guy that thinks if I can just draft a quarterback, any quarterback or a generational quarterback um that I instantly fix all the issues that we have as an organization. I don't buy into it. I've, I've been around this game long enough to watch a bunch of first-round guys who aren't worth a score to piss and guys that are drafted really high that aren't worth a score to piss because you just never know how a guy's going to transition. And a Caleb Williams may be the best that's ever played the game. He may be the most phenomenal in the history you know, of, of football. But I also look at it like, I don't know, because he's an unknown commodity that hasn't played a snap in the NFL. And I think one of the issues that you get into, Mike, um, is when you play at an elite-level college, how many times do you think you're actually mano-a-mano lined up with another team that has the talent that you have? Very rarely. You may get two games a year where the talent is similar to the talent that you have. So that's got to factor in on how difficult the transition is because the NFL has been created to establish parity. So every team is talented. Every not, not, There's not one team where you go, wow, their players are so much better than ours. It, it just doesn't work that way normally. So I think that's a I think there's a there's a big aspect of that where you've got to really think about how that how that works and how that operates so we're talking about Justin Fields and Mac Jones, both winning the same draft. You're confident in saying you've seen enough with Mac Jones to think the Patriots may need to move on. Yes. From him. What about the Bears and Fields? I think Fields is exceptionally talented if he's in the right system. Now, is that sustainable? Is motioning him around and moving him around and getting him out of the side of the pocket and having the run options and all that, is that a sustainable form of offense? Um and can you win a championship that way? Mm-hmm. That remains to be seen. Um, and I, I think that what what Chicago told you this year, what the the Baltimore Ravens are telling you is it's not really sustainable to to think that you can do that with your quarterback. So, uh, but I think he's got a better chance than than Mac Jones. I'm going to tell you, and I think anybody watching from Chicago will agree with me. I, I know that Chicago fans have been very. Mm-hmm high on Justin Fields and very uh, optimistic and giving right. him a lot of a lot of patience. I'm telling you, Mark, if the Bears finish with the top pick, they're taking they're taking Caleb Williams. I don't I, and hey, listen, man. the same Bears fan right. that has been standing up for Justin sure. Fields will be I like I get it. Bye bye. Yeah. I get it. And and I would tell I would tell you this. Uh, I would rather have a pilot that has flown hundreds and hundreds of flights, thousands of flights than somebody that's only flown in a simulator. That's just, you know, that's just me. I'd rather have, if I'm having heart surgery, I would rather a heart surgeon do it than an orthopedic surgeon do it. Like that's, that, that's (laughs) how I feel. But you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't know. He may be the greatest thing ever, but I've seen plenty of guys who are supposed to be the greatest things ever that aren't. So that's ready, for, uh, ready for a couple of lightning round topics yeah, here. Here we yeah. go. Russell Wilson. Has, has Sean Payton fixed Russell Wilson, whose stats are actually 
not only comparing favorably with, but maybe even better than Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert in the AFC West. Yeah, he's he's played exceptionally well. One, in the last two games, he's only taken two sacks, um, moving up in the pocket, doing things that he didn't even do in Seattle, throwing and, and exploiting the middle of the football field, climbing the pocket. He's He looks athletic. He is letting it rip. His arm talent is big. He's, uh, he's connected on touch throws as well down the football field. Yeah, Russell Wilson looks really good. I mean, if you're the Broncos, Russell Wilson on a list of issues that you have, you know, he may be 12 or 13th. I mean, he's playing really good football right now and giving them a chance to win. Unfortunately, you know, their biggest issue, even though they won against Chicago, is their biggest issue is they can't get a stop on defense. They can't make critical plays offensively. I think they had five or six false start penalties. I mean, you just can't overcome that garbage. In a league in which running backs are being told clearly, Mm-hmm. We're not going to pay for you. Right. Is Christian McCaffrey the outlier? Is this guy yeah. worth everything you gave up for in a in a trade and everything you're paying him? Is he the absolute yeah. outlier? Four touchdowns yesterday. Had an unbelievable little swing pass where he hurdles over a guy. Um, you know, the thing about Christian is Christian is a really good between-the-tackles runner, but he's one of those guys that even though he's running between the tackles, he never really gets squared up. He's so almost gelatinous in his ability to avoid contact. What does gelatinous look like? It looks like your belly. So he's gelatinous in his ability to just. I thought you were going to do. Yeah, I thought yeah. you were going to do something with your body. Well, no, not, not I mean, body shame me. No, well, wait, I mean, one, you set ball on T, and then you expect me not to hit yeah, it? Like that was it, like a cement mixer. Right, right. Ball right there. So um, that's gelatinous for you. He does a great job of that. And then he can run any route of the backfield. I'll tell you another guy that reminds me a lot of Christian McCaffrey, only athletically. He's This is hard for me to even say it. I've known Christian. I visited Christian in the hospital when he was born, right? I, I, the McCaffrey's there, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey, congratulations. So, um, anyhow, um, Bijan Robinson is a freak of nature, like unbelievable. But here's the thing these guys are going to get paid. Why? Because they have that ability to avoid contact and not take those shots. But Bijan Robinson was a guy that grew up on seven on seven teams. And so, he really played all wide receiver stuff. Now the running back position. So now all of a sudden we can get in what they call 21 pony, one back and then another back, which being Bijan or being, you know, Christian, and motion them out and they can run all the receiver routes. And there's not just running back routes from the, you know, run, they're not running back. They're they're the actual receiver routes and the adjustments they play at receiver. So those guys, those guys will get paid because those guys have that duality about them when it comes to catching the ball as well. In the span of about, what was it, six days, Monday night football to to yesterday, did we see why the Philadelphia Eagles are the, the most complete team in, in football, their ability to go out and dominate defensively on the road at Tampa and then turn around and win a, a high-scoring game at home against Washington? Mm. I, I, how, do, how do you want to? How do you want to play us? We'll, we'll we'll beat you. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just mentioned the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. That should be. That should be. I mean, you gave up. You gave up. Let's face it. You gave up. What thirty? What was it? Thirty one yesterday in an overtime game to the Washington Commanders, who got beat thirty eight to seven the week before by Buffalo. Yeah. So, and I know that it's a real week to week league. I will tell you this though: big time plays over the top. 
A.J. Brown is phenomenal. Uh, Devontae Smith is – they're just talented. They're really talented. And and you want to talk about a quarterback that really just boom, 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 keeps rising up. Jalen Hurts is, is remarkable. So, yeah, they're, a, they're one of those – they're one of the – if you're putting a top – a list of top five teams together. They're in everybody's top five. And boy, they have a, a the running backs. They they have a certain profile of the running backs they like too, right? The yes. way they moved on from Miles Sanders now to DeAndre Swift, it just seems Swift like is it's, really, it's the same yeah. kind of stylistically the yeah. same kind of back. Now, well, I think the other thing is is it really helps you when at the running back position to have a quarterback that can put that stress on the edge of your defense so it, it really helps eliminate the constriction of the whole thing and and it gives you that opportunity to uh to make big time plays so anyhow really really good stuff um and you know what another great week another in NFL week. football bring it on yeah let's keep rolling all right for everybody involved in the stink truth podcast uh we will be back with you at the end of this week to preview uh, week five to also go over our money maker picks. Remember, I didn't even pick. I let you pick, and then I just went opposite because I yes. figured that's a great way to make money. So we'll see exactly how that pans out. I think right now we're, we're one, one on one. and one going into the Monday night game. So I'll be two and one. You'll be one and two. I think and I that's, gonna, yeah, I yeah think I, I think that's how it's going to play out. So uh, anyhow, uh, we'll be back with you guys later on in the week. Also, look for the special edition. I called the Tennessee-Cincinnati game yesterday. We're going to do a special edition Stinking Truth podcast, so make sure you look for that as well as we break down and go through all the stuff that didn't get into the broadcast. I've got the boards with me, so we'll do that as well. For everybody involved in the Stinking Truth podcast, thank you. Make sure you subscribe, and we'll talk to you guys later on in the week.